The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey, this is Alexis Haynes, and welcome to Recovering from Reality, where I illuminate the messy and magical path of coming home to yourself. Whether you're on the road to recovery, seeking self-care techniques for surviving the capitalist machine, or just need a moment to remember that you're not alone in your loneliness, we're serving up the ultimate truth. Your challenges don't define you. How you deal with them does. So, are you ready to recover from reality? If anyone told you that getting on the spiritual path is the easy path, they were a liar. And that's the truth. I have the belief, really, that we're not okay until we're all okay that we're not going to be okay when there's children that are starving, women that are fleeing, climates that are dying, you know, people at our borders begging to get in because their country is so destabilized, endless wars, you know, threats of nuclear warfare. I mean, we're not going to be okay until we're all okay. Hi to my RFR family. I'm so excited for this week's episode. You know what? I've decided to kind of rejig things a little over here at Recovering From Reality. So we're going to start every Monday, the first Monday of the month with a question and answers episode. And so that's what we will be doing today. And I'm going to be covering a lot of awesome topics. If you guys aren't in the Facebook group, I highly suggest it, but I'm pulling a lot of these questions from there. I also get so many questions in my DMs and I can't always respond to everybody via text. So I decided to do these once a month. And Like I said, if you're not in the Recovering From Reality Facebook group, highly suggest it. Another way to be plugged in and connected in this community would be through my weekly newsletter. If you guys just go to recoveringfromreality.com, you can easily sign up for that, opt into it. I only send like one email a week and it's on Sundays. It's our sacred Sunday newsletter. And I do a Q&A portion. I talk about last week's guest. I talk about who's coming up on the podcast, topics we will be covering. I give tips and tricks for healing and wellness. I talk about books that I'm reading right now. And so it's a great way to really be plugged in here as we're dealing with 2020 and all of the chaos that is going on, I'm noticing that people are needing more and more support. And so let me support you. I'm happy to do that. But in order to do that, I really need you guys to be plugged in. Otherwise, I can't give you that support. So like I always say, recovering from reality is a community. And so we need to be finding like-minded people who are on this path of healing no matter what it's from it's kind of all the same thing. You know what I mean? Like the steps and the tools are the same. So some quick announcements. I'm loving that you guys are loving the merch. Highly suggest it. If I, if I might say this, (laughs) highly suggest it as great Christmas gifts or, you know, a gift to yourself. I really, really appreciate the support. I, 
throw my heart and soul into this and every little bit of support really, really helps. Another way that you can support this podcast, um, and I'm not sure if you saw this in my stories, is to support the sponsors of this podcast. When you're thinking about holiday shopping, supporting sponsors by using your favorite podcaster's discount code really goes a long way. I think that there's maybe a little bit of a misconception that we just get paid lots of money to do podcasts and that's not the case. We need reoccurring sponsors to support the podcast. And so your support goes a long way. As you guys know, shout out to Cured Nutrition, to Rosia Malibu, to Thrive Market. All of these sponsors really keep this thing afloat. And so if you're thinking about buying some CBD as stocking stuffers or as a gift for your loved one, hit up Cured and use that discount code. Or you're looking for amazing skincare or you're going to do online shopping um, for your groceries as, you know, unfortunately COVID numbers are starting to go up. If you're not wanting to go in the grocery store, check out Thrive. So With that, let's dive into this week's episode. The first question is a really interesting one. It has to do with self-sabotage. I think we can probably all relate to this. So Gianna asks in the Facebook group, she says, I have an important question and I'm sorry if this sounds stupid. First of all, Gianna, no. You don't sound stupid, but is it possible to have an addiction to texting or saying things that make the situation worse? For example, my friends never respond to me. So my instinct is to begin over texting. Something comes over me. And even though I know it's wrong, I keep texting. This morning I woke up crying my eyes out about how I feel lonely. I feel like I'm hitting a breaking point. I get in my head a lot and I don't know what to do. So, so much to unpack here, Gianna. But the first thing that I will say is that, yes, I've over-texted. I've said stupid things. I've pushed people away. I've talked too much. I think everyone has done that at one point or another. And so my suggestion would be to do a little bit of shadow work here. So it sounds to me like underlying all of this is, and I don't know if you're in the Life Reset course, but we talk about Maslow's hierarchy of needs. But what is really standing out to me in your question is a need for love and belonging. As human beings, we have needs. And it sounds like your need for love and belonging aren't being met. And so when that need isn't being met, we tend to become needy and codependent. And so while, you know, of course we need human connection, the first thing that you can begin to do is develop a connection with yourself. It sounds like you have a really hard time being alone and being with yourself. So I would get out a pen and a piece of paper and I would start writing out, where was my need for love and belonging not met? And then after you start to dive into that, you can go, what were the belief systems? And this is all the work in my Life Reset course. 
as a result of that need not being met, what belief systems were developed as a result of that? And are they true for me today? And then once you realize if those things are true for you today, and most of the time they're not, you can begin to develop a mindfulness practice around your communication skills. So before you even send that initial text, you would check in with yourself and go, am I sending this text because I'm needing love and belonging? I'm being needy. Or am I sending it because I just really want to check in with this person and see how they're doing? And if your answer is the second part, great, check in. You know, again, we need girlfriends, we need friendships, we need relationships, we need family, of course. But if the answer is that you're having an unmet need and you're trying to fill it by using someone else to do that, my suggestion would be to pause to do some self-reflection and some self-love work, right? And I think that this will become, like I said, a mindfulness practice for you. Doing the shadow work is just the beginning. Then we have to learn how to implement these skills into our day-to-day lives. And so I hope that you found this helpful. I believe that you are so worthy of being loved and receiving love and you know, and it starts with that internal work. So I wish you the best of luck. I hope that this is helpful for you. Today's episode is sponsored by Osea Malibu, the original plant-based results-driven skincare line. Osea puts your health and the health of our planet first with potent skin and body care solutions that are pure, safe, and effective. Their skin nourishing products are made entirely of plant-derived ingredients and are non-toxic, a perfect choice for moms to be. Osea stands for the elements of wellness, ocean, sun, earth, and atmosphere. Their entire line is built on these four pillars and pulls from botanical sources around the world to create products that are truly effective. Each product is infused with sustainably sourced organic Patagonian seaweed and active botanicals that create a nutrient and mineral rich bioavailable base. Y'all know that I'm a huge fan of Osea. I've been using their body care and skincare facial products for years. I'm obsessed with their blemish balm. I love their Vegas nerve oil. I love the Indaria body oil. I love their anti-aging lotion. I love this line and it smells amazing too, but not that harsh chemically smell. It's all from plants. It smells like a spa and it's effective. Osea can help you reveal and illuminate your natural radiance, whether you're looking for hydration, oil balancing, anti-aging, or blemish solutions. Every product is sustainably packaged, non-toxic, cruelty-free, vegan, and made with love in sunny Southern California. Right now, you can go to oseamalibu.com forward slash Alexis Haynes for $10 off your first purchase of $50 or more. Free shipping for U.S. orders over $70. and free samples with every order. That's oseamalibu.com forward slash Alexis Haynes for $10 off your first purchase of $50 or more. I'm Arielle Laurie, host of the Blonde Files podcast, where every Wednesday I cover all things wellness. 
After nearly dying from drugs and alcohol six years ago, I've been on a mission to live my best, most fulfilled life, and I'm sharing everything with you. From how to achieve optimal health, well-being, and fulfillment, to the best beauty tips and even cosmetic procedures, I cover it all with raw, candid conversations with experts and inspirational guests. Make sure to subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. Okay, so this is a great one. So Nathan asks in the RFR Facebook group, favorite crystals and stones. So I'm a bit of a crystal-aholic right now, but I feel like this is a good addiction, guys. Um, No, I'm <laughs> just kidding. But seriously, my husband the other day was like another crystal delivery to the house. Well, I will just say this. When quarantine started, I started working with Shaman Durek and I started getting back into a really deep spiritual practice. And for me, crystals are something that I've always really resonated with. And now as I'm beginning to work with them on a daily basis as more of a tool, kind of like medicine for me, I'm noticing profound shifts in my overall well-being. So if you were to be starting a crystal kit, and I know everyone's going to ask me this, so I will say it now. Shout out to Loving Thyself Rocks. I follow them on Instagram. They are sober. They have the best crystals. Every time as somebody who works with energy, I can feel the energy. And sometimes I get a crystal that's delivered to me and I'm like, this is not the vibe. And it takes me forever cleansing it and charging it and the whole thing to get it to feel good to me. But Loving Thyself Rocks has never let me down. They have the highest quality stones and I really love them. You can buy it on Etsy. They also do flash sales on their Instagram page. So shout out to Loving Thyself Rocks. Love them. Okay, so if I were to do a crystal starter kit like a crystals 101, like you're, you're just going to get a couple to begin. I would definitely start in the quartz family. So I would do a smoky quartz, which is really good for grounding. And it's good for kind of transmuting heavy energy. I love my smoky quartz. It has the best energy and it's something that I use almost daily. So I highly suggest that. The next would be clear quartz, tapping into that higher self, downloads, intuition, guidance, angels, aligning the chakras. I think clear quartz is definitely a necessity. Rose quartz translates to the heart chakra, being more loving, kind, accepting, of yourself, I definitely would say that those are really helpful. Amethyst. So amethyst is actually technically a quartz crystal and it is great for, they actually used to use it when detoxing people off of alcohol. It's really good for calming the nervous system. It's a healing stone. I actually have amethyst throughout my whole house. If you guys have ever seen In my bathroom, I have two huge chunks of amethyst. On my altar at home, my spiritual altar, I have a huge chunk of amethyst. Oh, and that 
ginormous rock that I have downstairs in my living room is rose quartz because I get asked that a lot too. And then, so after you've gotten your couple, you know, your little starter kit going, if you wanted to get into things that were a little bit more fancy, (laughs) I guess you would say, I think selenite is an amazing stone. Selenite is great for charging your crystals. It does not have to be charged itself. Um, I often get asked, how do you charge crystals? So I always smoke cleanse my crystals on a regular basis with the intention of releasing any energy that is not my own. And then I do charge my crystals underneath a full moon, but make sure that you set them out with the intention of no other energies besides the moon, you know, coming in contact with them and then also pull them before the sun comes out. So um, this time of year is actually great for putting your crystals out in the moonlight because it's not very sunny in the mornings, at least not here where I live. Um, But I do try to pull them really early as close to sunrise as I possibly can. So if you want to get into things that were a little bit more, I don't know, advanced, I guess you would say, although I feel like that's a stupid thing to say, I would suggest, so I love the selenite, like I said, charges crystals. It's great. I I'm a big fan of black tourmaline. Great for EMF protection. Great for grounding. I keep a huge chunk right next to my bed. Obsidian is also really great. I'm a huge fan of red jasper. So those darker stones are great for your root chakra. And then if we're moving up to our sacral area, especially for women, Red jasper is an amazing stone. It's great for healing, relieving pain, and also activating the womb, that divine feminine energy within us. I love Lapis Louise. It's called the Traveler's Stone, and it's called that for a reason. It's great for guidance. And then if you really want to kick it up a notch and loving thyself, Rocks has this in their shop. It's kind of hard to come by, but it's really powerful and transformative. The people who I've shared my Moldavite with often say that they feel like lightheaded or like an intense rush of energy. But I love Moldavite. It's not something that I mess with on a regular basis. But if I'm going through something really dark and I'm like, I need answers now to get through this, um, Moldavite is kind of where it's at. And then, of course, I love Tiger's Eye too. So what advice do you have for people trying to go through spiritual growth? I grew up mainly in a Christian surrounding, but find myself now looking for something that really makes my soul feel at home. I so resonate with this. As someone who's always been a seeker since I was little, I have been looking for something that really like lights up my soul and makes me feel excited and tuned in and tapped on and you know what I mean? Like really, truly connected. And I think actually just more recently as I've been really taking a deep dive into my spiritual practice, I have found what works for me. So 
I too grew up in, well, it's interesting. At my dad's house, I grew up in a Christian church. And then at my mom's house, I grew up in more of like a metaphysical, spiritual environment. And as an adult, I found something kind of in between. Like I love Jesus. I mean, Jesus is amazing. Um, Big fan. (laughs) But truly, I needed something a little bit more. And actually, as I started to really dive into more of a, um, I found a bunch of books. One is by Neville Goddard. And I'll have Sadie link that in, but it's basically like a breakdown of the original manuscript of the Bible. And they were using crystals and frankincense and basically like manifestation, you know, knowing that inherently they are not separate from God, all of these things, right? They were, they they reflect inward, aka meditation, like the spiritual community that is non religious and and Christianity and any major religion, it, it actually is not that different. It's just kind of sad how religion like warps something that is so pure and so perfect. Um, so for me, it really comes down to a few simple things. It is connecting with source, right? And I do that through through meditation. And I've learned how to actually hear and some people would say this is psychic capabilities or intuition whatever it might be I've learned how to hear spirit talking back to me and that comes from meditation and it it becomes very clear when it's no longer your ego or the voice in your head and when it's coming from pure source or spirit or whatever you want to call it So meditation is huge. Community, right? Like church defined in the Bible, like there was no churches, right? It was where people gathered to worship together. I personally am a huge fan of the Agape International Spiritual Center. You can follow along on Facebook right now. They're doing lives. It's with Reverend Michael Bernard Beckwith. Big, big fan of the community over there. And again, a mix between traditional Christianity and Bible stuff and new age thought, spirituality, woke, wokeness, um, I guess you would say. So yeah, meditation, connecting with source and with other like-minded people And then I have my spiritual practice, which probably looks and sounds pretty witchy to the average person. And maybe it is a little bit, but like I said, using crystals and certain rituals, pulling tarot cards, all of those things, you know, connecting with my shaman, all of those things make my heart and my soul and my spirit sing and make me feel alive. So yeah, I think that it's been a journey of trial and error (laughs) and you have to find what works for you. Um, If you're looking for some book recommendations, Science of Mind 365. And that is, like I said, a combination of true Christianity, like not the warped religious kind, And 
more of the metaphysical. So it's called 365 Science of Mind, A Year of Daily Wisdom from Ernest Holmes. And it's just awesome. I pull this out from time to time. This is not something that I do every day, but it is one of those books where I have literally every single page marked, you know, like it's just so, so good for my, my soul to have this by my bedside. Um, another book, and I believe it's Deepak Chopra. It's called How to Know God. I, um, I found that to be really helpful. I think that often we feel like God is so separate from us and that is not the case at all. Um, and then another book that I'm reading right now that I'm really loving because, you know, we've been on this whole like shaman kick right now (laughs) is the medicine bag shamanic rituals and ceremonies for personal transformation by Don Jose Ruiz. And his dad, Don Miguel Ruiz, wrote The Four Agreements, which is another favorite of mine. And then if you really want to take a deep dive, you could read the actual huge manuscript of The Science of Mind by Ernest Holmes. So yeah, that's my answer for that. Anyone else struggle with navigating recovery in their career? I've been clean for 22 months now and I go to NA. For a long time, I was what most would consider a functional addict and I'm still working in the same industry as I was when I was using. I'm not sure I want people I work with to know that I'm in recovery. I feel guilty because I would never judge anyone, but I do worry that I will be judged. So I totally understand the shame that I'm getting from this question. I've so been there not knowing who to trust with, with knowing that I'm someone who's in recovery. And I wholeheartedly believe that everyone has the right to their own anonymity. Like if you feel like remaining anonymous is in your best and highest good, then I would say remain anonymous. But if you feel like, you know, it's something that you're comfortable sharing and you want to share it, great. I would say don't share it because you feel shame about it. What do I mean by that? I mean that oftentimes we can feel like we're carrying a secret around, you know, recovery as much as we've come so far in this country um, surrounding, you know, I, I mean, I just, I look at the debate that we had a couple of weeks ago where Joe Biden came out and said, you know, my son was addicted to drugs and I love him. It's like, we would have never heard that 10 years ago, right? So we've come a long way, but we have so much more to go. And there is still a stigma, but you can set yourself free from this. I highly recommend working on dropping any and all shame that you have around your addiction. And then I think that you may feel a shift and you may feel like, you know, I can tell certain people, I don't have to tell other people. 
or I'm going to remain anonymous and I'm totally cool with that because I don't feel like I'm keeping a secret or hey, uh, this is me and I'm going to show up and tell you guys, you know, this, this is who I am. It's totally up to you regarding going out with coworkers and not drinking or using I always say it's okay to, how did Dr. Pat Allen put it? She would say acquiescing, right? Lying for love. Like there is, you do not have to tell people, you know, you can say I don't drink because anymore because of a medical condition or, you know, I've got something to do early in the morning or I've got a big project I've got to do, whatever it might be. You should absolutely not feel bad about that whatsoever. All right. So I think we'll answer this one and then we will wrap it up. This one's a good one. Can we talk about my love-hate relationship with the way that I feel things on such a deep and intense level? Like part of me says, don't apologize for your emotional intelligence. And part of me says, fuck this shit. Why isn't it as easy as the way it's being depicted? Being emotionally aware is real work. Any advice on how to stop feeling guilty for holding space for my emotions? I could really use positive words and feedback. Thanks in advance. Well, Sarah, I feel this on such a deeply profound level. And it's interesting because the last one of the last sessions I had with um, Shaman Durek He goes, my dear, you have to take better care of yourself because you're feeling the intensity of everything that's happening on this planet right now. And I have to be totally honest, it has affected my mental health. I, in the last month, have had feelings of suicidal depression. It has been so bad. The heaviness of what is going on on this planet is crushing. And the truth is, Sarah, that you're, is that you're so not alone. Everybody's feeling this, whether they want to admit it or not. You cannot possibly wake up to what is happening on this planet, right? Which we all are because we're consuming news and content all day long and feel the heaviness of it. And so when you're emotionally aware, I would actually say congratulations because you're through the first step. The first initial response to waking up to what's happening is usually suppressing it, right? Like we want to escape the realities of what is happening. And so we numb it out by working out or denying reality or using drugs you know, and then when I say working out, I mean working out obsessively, using drugs, using alcohol, you know, shopping, toxic relationships, getting wrapped up in all of that bullshit. And then, you know, you realize, oh, okay, I'm doing this. Like you, you start to develop some awareness of what you're doing in your life and you, you go, okay, this isn't serving me. Maybe you hit in, you know, a deep depression or an emotional bottom or a very real bottom if you're using drugs or whatever. And you go, I can't, I can't do this anymore. And so you start doing the work and the work hurts. 
The work hurts and oftentimes it feels like it's never fucking ending. It's like I'll get up from out of it and then I'll get slapped right back down and go, oh, here we go again. And it reminds me of, you know, my sponsor in the early days of recovery. She said, if anyone told you that getting on the spiritual path, which is what, you know, sobriety is, you know, whether you're doing it in AA or not. And at this time I was, she goes, if anyone told you that getting on the spiritual path is the easy path, they were a liar. And that's the truth. I have the belief, really, that we're not okay until we're all okay. That we're not going to be okay when there's children that are starving, women that are fleeing, climates that are dying, you know, people at our borders begging to get in because their country is so destabilized, endless wars you know, threats of nuclear warfare. I mean, we're not going to be okay until we're all okay. So what is the good news? (laughs) The good news is that, you know, as Shaman Durek says, we're in this dark period. It's going to last for a little bit longer and we're moving into the age of Aquarius. And the truth is that a lot of people are beginning to wake up, right? And so there are levels of consciousness and the only thing that we can do to liberate ourselves from the heaviness, right? We need to have an awareness of what's going on. We need to be able to take action. We can't have an awareness and be mindful of these things and take action when we're stuck in the chaos of what is going on. So the goal is to start rising up in our own consciousness, right? Which looks like everything that I've been teaching and preaching, right? And that we do in the Life Reset course, we look at the shadow, right? We heal our wounds. We begin to clear out of our energy body any residual trauma and we start elevating in our consciousness so that way we aren't bogged down by the weight of humanness and 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 the darkness that is going on right now and then as a result we can start becoming proactive in changing those things but we can't do that when we're in the mud when we're in the dirt with it, right? Like it's almost like the analogy that I that comes to mind, like the vision that comes is like if we're all in the mud and in the dirt and, you know, the dirt is all of the old belief systems, all of the chronic chaos and trauma and poverty and war and all of those things and we need to shower off, right? So that way we can heal and move forward. We can't do that if we're constantly in the mud. And guess what? I get bogged down by it all the time. Hence me slipping back into depression. And then by diving deep and using my spiritual tools and doing even more shadow work, the work is never done. I can get out of that, free myself of that and begin to transmute that pain into purpose. 
which is what I've been talking about this whole time on the podcast is we're turning that pain into purpose. And when we set ourselves free, we can then go ahead and start setting other people free and helping them do the work, right? We can become our own gurus and we can teach other people how to become their own gurus. That's what this work is all about. It's about self-liberation, liberating ourselves from the bondage of the human chaos and stepping into our true selves, right? Which is a mind, body, and spirit. It's really a holistic approach. It's healing on a cellular level. It's so very physical. It's healing on an emotional level and it's healing on a spiritual level. And I feel like right now we're so focused on self-image and self-care and I get wrapped up in this too. And listen, you know that I'm fine with you getting Botox and whatever else you want to do. But we also have to focus on the physical aspect of healing and on the spiritual. So being around high vibrational people, listening to high vibe music, finding podcasts that you love, diving into a great book, you know, and then if you want to take it a step further, like like me, you know, starting to get into Reiki and energy medicine and and all of that stuff, it sounds to me like you've got gifts, right? Your emotional intelligence, your emotional sensitivity is a gift. You have it for a reason. I bet it will become a lot less painful if you learn how to use it, right? It's almost like you might be feeling resistance because you have this gift and you're not taking advantage of it. And so it's almost like spirit is going, hey, I'm here. I'm going to make this really, really painful until you deal with it, (laughs) if that makes sense. So my suggestion to you is to dive into the pain. There's a great book. I'm always recommending books. There's a great book that will help and it's called The Places That Scare You by Pema Chodron, right? And it's about becoming the bodhisattva in Buddhism. That's what we call the, the compassionate one, the one who can sit with their pain and let that pain be transmuted. But first you have to figure out what the pain is. So do the shadow work, learn to sit with it, Allow it to shape, shift every single bit of your being into one who can then transmute that personal pain into glory, into purpose. And that's how we transmute the stagnant, dark, very aggressive energy that we're feeling on this planet into lightness. It happens one personal liberation at a time. So with that, I'm going to wrap up this week's episode with a moment of silence. And I want to do a collective deep breath. And in this moment of silence, I am sending each one of you pure love and light. I know this is a really tough time. 
Maybe even pause what you're doing for a minute. Put your hand over your heart. When's the last time you felt your heart beating? When's the last time you connected with your heart? When's the last time you took a deep breath and filled up your entire abdomen with life force energy, a.k.a. air? When's the last time you took a moment for yourself? When's the last time you felt connected to source? So, collectively, let's take this deep breath and then have a moment of silence. And then, of course, we'll move into this week's affirmation. All right, here we go. Love to you all, and so it is. This week's affirmation is, I am who I want to be, and so it is. If you enjoyed this week's episode, do me a favor, head over to the podcast app and make sure to subscribe to us, rate us, and leave a review. We have new episodes every Monday and you can follow along with us on Instagram at recoveringfromreality or visit our website at recoveringfromreality.com. 